When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening, my name's Scott Mackay and welcome to the Gallant View podcast. Um, I'm joined tonight by a star-studded lineup. Um, Andrew, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, Scotty. I'm uh, just getting on with it. Uh, happy to be back on. I'm just conscious of people, like our, our, our viewers, maybe getting too used to my face and maybe getting bored of me. Um, but yeah, as, as long as there's no... Uh, Pitchforks and torches, I'll still be here. So, yeah, looking forward to it tonight. No, nah, not at all, man, not at all. Mick's bringing a wee bit of class and sophistication to pods. Just Shona. Shona, how are you getting on? Uh, yeah, I'm very well, thank you very much. Having a, a good weekend so far. Uh, looking forward to, obviously, just hear about the cup draw there, that we've got Air United in the cup draw. I wonder what the guys think about that. But, uh, no, looking forward to talking about us scoring from an in-swinging in corner. For a change, and uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about our new, our new signing possibly. And last but not least, um, we've got a special guest tonight. We've got Scott Young. Scott, how you doing, mate? Yeah, guys. Cheers for having us on. Yeah, I've been good. Just happy the football's back and good win yesterday, which I'm sure we're getting to. And hopefully, as Shona said, some signings coming in the next couple of weeks. Aye, definitely, definitely. Um, we'll start off with the Dumbarton game. Um, Andrew, I'm coming to you. Whichever over, but what I took for the game yesterday was the mentality. The mentality was first class. We went up, we get a job done on the next round of the cup. Um, what was your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I, that kind of performance goes long lines of um, the way I thought the kind of games in the early kind of time under Clermont. Um, my kind of thoughts of it was just you don't get. I know it's not the league, but the same in the cup. You don't get any extras for winning by. Um, by outplaying everybody in every single aspect of football, you, you, that doesn't get you an extra point. You still win regardless. Um, so I'm just happy 
got over the line. It, it, it looked a lot more like it should have been. We said that the other night. I said it, it should be a game where, I mean, Rangers are Rangers. <laughs> let's, let's not make the opposition up to any more than they really are, and let's play up to uh, how good we can be and how good we are and should be against that level of opposition. No disrespect to them. Um, and we did that, so I can't have any complaints, really. Um, Scott, as Jonah says in the kind of introduction there about the score to their corner, were you surprised? <laughs> I was surprised it was in-swinging at first. I think it, it reminded me corners we worked under Gerard. I don't know if you remember. It would always be a reboot at the front post, flicks on, and always Morelos coming at the back post. It was similar to that. Mm-hmm. It was Suter getting the flick on, and obviously Lundstrom tapping at home. And I just think it looks like that's something we've worked on because our defending from corners and our attacking from corners hasn't been good enough recently, as we saw at Celtic Park and the other night against Copenhagen, conceding two goals from two corners. But yeah, I think hopefully we work on that come because I think it's going to be big, especially in games in Europe as well, and obviously defending them in the league. Because as you saw yesterday, Dumbarton had a couple of nice wee short corners, and because that's all they that's. That's all they worked on because that's probably one of the few chances they get scoring in set pieces, and I think we get that when we play a lot of teams in the league. So defending set pieces needs to be something that we work on, and it looks like we have, and long may it continue. Really, Sean, it seems to be a bit of a theme of winter break. Um, set pieces in Rangers, both attacking and defending. Um, biggest thing for me yesterday was seeing Todd Cantwell hit, hit a corner kick. <laughs> Um, it's really probably the first time a corner kick taker's been changed since that horrific Ben Davis corner. Um, one of on's first games in charge. Set pieces can be quite important going forward. Do you think the manager's trying to fix that in the pitch? Training pitch? Well, I'm going to sound like a bit of a daffy here because I was at the Club 22 podcast on uh, Friday night and one of my questions to Stevie Clifford was about set pieces and corners and then what did we do? We went and scored from one so that kind of defeats my point and my uh, my question to him so I'm going to have to come up with a better one. Yeah, I've been saying this for a while guys um, that we've been really, really poor at set pieces and corners. I think ever since under Gerard when we had, is it Tom Culshaw, Culshaw what it was, the set piece coach? I thought we were much better um, back then. Obviously just now the only real threat that we do have from set pieces, believe it or not, is SEMA. And seems a way they have caught African combinations. So, because to me, Golson and Balogun have never really been that great with a, with heading with the ball anyway. So, um, look, it was a discussion that we had on Friday night. It's definitely something we need to be better at. I don't know if you've looked at the stats, guys, but I think um, I mentioned this in another group chat and they kind of got slated for it until um, they came back and done the facts. But the stats show that if you take short corners, you're more likely to score from a short corner. So, Look, and the XG is a lot better, so maybe that'll be something that we obviously need to try as well going forward. Just mix it up a wee bit. I think we're a bit more too predictable with these outswinging corners. It was good to see us obviously score from an inswinging corner, but no, it's definitely something. I think come on, what I've noticed from the Copenhagen game and the game last yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw this. Obviously, he's implementing more of his style of play. Um, I thought with the Copenhagen game, we did not allow them to play through the middle at all. We forced them wide. We forced them into mistakes going wide. Whereas yesterday it was completely different conditions. Um, obviously it was very very tough on that pitch. I think we could have seen that after the first couple of minutes. I think mm-hmm. your background, Scotty, kind of sums up the kind of viewing that I was having uh, throughout the whole of the the via play. You can see a, a thing during that that pitch. 
And I think um, some lucky person in Dumbarton is probably sitting with about 20 match balls at the moment that have landed in their back garden. But uh, I thought yesterday we, we managed to obviously nullify them. Um, obviously, we, were, we controlled the whole game yesterday. But what I did notice was a different style of play. Where obviously, because of the conditions, we are obviously having to play a lot more balls further like, over the top. And we had to play out wide. So, um, But no, it's definitely something like set pieces that we're definitely going to have to be working on. I'm not so concerned. I know everybody's saying that's now we've conceded goals from two set pieces. We're going to concede goals, do you know what I mean? We are. But if you look at the amount of goals that we have conceded this year, I think it's only 11 in the league. So I'm not really concerned about what we're doing defensively because I think with if we had Butland in goals and obviously the, I think we had a few substitutions by the time their goal scored. I think Barisic was one of them. He'd only just come on the pitch. I think he was at fault for, for obviously that goal. But um no, I think overall, I think we definitely need to be working on our, our set pieces and our corners. And hopefully now that Clement's now managing to implement his style, that's something to look at going forward. Andrew, we've seen a, a, another off-the-bench appearance for Scott Wright. Um, scored a typical, to me, it's just a typical Scott Wright goal. I think he's warming up for Hamden. Um, at right wing position, McCausland started again and he was... Um, it was kind of in and out of the match. It was a difficult game. It was a, it was a difficult pitch. Um, do you think we need to take McCausland out and start getting Scott Wright a wee bit of a run in the team? Well, the issue with that is, well, for, I'm fine with that. I like Scott Wright. I think when he hits that like a vein of form, I think he's he's talented. He gets the ball at his feet. He drives at the opposition. Um, you're right. His goal was very, <laughs> very Scott Wright. Um the two Hamden goals very similar to that, um. But you know, I I think he on his game can be a really good player. Um, the only issue is I'm not the whole range of support. Um, and a lot of people still, uh, just because it is Scott Wright, would be probably wanting better. Um, the issue is that, that we can't seem to grasp is we don't really have better at the moment. We we get rid of whatever wingers we had coming into this season, um, and even. McCausland coming in, he wasn't even getting a look in the team until kind of Davis gave him his chance. So it kind of says where we really are. Um, I think uh, McCausland and his appearances so far has been brilliant. I think he. I'm trying to remember the last kind of player that I can remember who came in with the same kind of amount of uh, you know, just straight out of the gate as a youngster um, and not afraid on the ball. Um, it has that bit of trickery about him. Um, I think he does need to be managed a bit more because obviously he's a young guy. This is the men's game. He's a, he's a small player as well. So he's going to get those rough and tumble moments. He's going to get kicks. He's going to get whacks. Um, so I think Clement will, will need to manage that. And I'm, I'm certain that already he already knows this. He's a, he's, a, he's a football manager. He knows these things. I'm just a guy on a podcast. Um, but I think in terms of having both of them, there's options. I'm kind of fine with that for now. Scott, on the other side of the pitch, was on our start on the left-hand side for Robbie Matondo. Um, kind of, he seemed to be a wee bit indecisive in the final third for me. Um, what was your take on his performance? Do you think that left-hand side is Matondo's for the time being well seen as off, or do you think Silva's going to come in? At the moment, I think it has to be Matondo's because they've got no one else, really. Silver, look, Silver seems to me more like a number 10, more than a winger. 
I know he's kind of played it wide in the past, but he seems to be more a creative through the middle type player. Yeah, I think it has to be Matondo because we don't know the length of Seymour's injury. And at the moment, if we don't sign anyone from now to the end of the window, he's our only fit left winger. I think I read this morning the Diamandi who we're looking at can play off a left if we really need him to. So hopefully he can come in and do a job if we need it. Because I think at the moment, you were saying about Wright and McCausland, I think we need to play them both because we're going to play a game every three, four days from now till at least March, April time if we get a decent run in Europe. So I think we need we need depth up top and it has to come between now and the end of the window and if not, then that left wing has to be just Matondos because you get no one else really. Um, Shona, up top, I thought Samuel Dessers, he's the chances he missed. I know the pitch wasn't good and there was... I think there were a few shots, genuinely, I think the ball's bobbled before he's went and hit the ball. Um, what's your take on a, on a kind of a striker's position going forward with the news today that we're going to bring in a central midfielder? Well, I definitely think we need to bring in another striker. I don't think Dessers is, is quite the answer, and I think obviously all the fans will agree with that. But I do think, though, that Dessers will score over 20 goals this season, and I know that might sound mad, to a few fans out there. But if you look just now, I think um, I've got it written down here. He's already had 11, 11 goal contributions in 13 games under Clement so far. And you know what? You can slag him all you want, guys. But to be honest, I don't think he was the problem yesterday. At least he was getting into some really, really good positions. I do believe that he probably should have done better with some of the chances that he did create. But for me, yesterday, I thought Todd Catmull went missing the whole game and everybody's slating off Dessers. But I thought Todd Catmull had an absolute shocking game yesterday. And I think that that stare that he got off the manager was pretty telling. So, um, look, I don't understand why Desert gets the criticism that he gets because he's the only striker that we've got. We've got to go with it. And unfortunately, he becomes a wee bit of the scapegoat for me. But um, I don't think you can doubt his goal contributions. I do think he is getting better under Clement, but we definitely need to be looking at a striker option, obviously, um, in the next coming weeks, whether that's like somebody like Lawrence Shankland or, or Denke or the guy Lind, Alexander Lind. I think these are a couple of guys that have obviously been mentioned. Um, obviously, the Rangers seem to be keeping a lot of their, their cars close to the chest. So, um, yeah, we will not find these out until later on. I'm not so sure that the whole Shanklin thing seems to be kind of rolling their eyes at the weekend there. He's, he's uh, not signed a contract. I've not heard any sources from Hart so far saying that this is this is true, that he's rejected the contract. And you would have thought with social media nowadays, you would be obviously, oh, thank you very much, Charles. That's really kind of you. Um, but no, you would have thought, obviously, recently with... Um, the whole Shankland seems to be all very fan fan driven on social media. There's not really any substantial source or substantial person out there. Even like like Fabrizio Romano, people like these kind of guys that obviously are in the know. You don't really hear much about it. I personally think that we're going to get outpriced by it. I think Hearts will not budge on that five million pound, and I don't think they're too that fussed if um, he signs a contract or not. I think they're all about trying to get third place, and if they have to sell him in the summer. They will. I'm not. I'm not so sure that they're actually uh, wanting to sell them in January. I have not seen any links with any strikers towards Hearts as well that you might put two and two together. So, but no, it's definitely something we need to be looking at, whether that's Shankland or somebody else. But for me, I would not be paying any more than two and a half, three million pound, three million pound for Shankland. And I know people say that five million pound it doesn't matter when they leave. You're not guaranteed that. You never know. He might pick up an injury. He might not suit, which I. I definitely don't think he's suits obviously Clement's style of play, but um, he's a guy that definitely scores goals. So, um, no, and it's definitely something we've been lacking. 
But we obviously yesterday, I think it was quite good to see that we actually had four different goal scorers for a change. So um, that needs to happen more often. We can't be relying on Dacers up top because Seymour's now going to be out injured for a wee while. So we're pretty much relying on Dacers to kind of bring us the goal. So no, we definitely need a striker up front, whether that's Shankland or somebody else. Um, I'm all for it. So you'll just have to get on the on the bandwagon when it happens. But um, I'm pretty sure, guys, that that'll be one of the, the signings that will be made pretty soon. Andrew, I've kept Charles's comment up because Jonah touched upon Cantwell going missing it. Um, personally, I think Nico Raskin had won his better game yesterday. He's still coming back for injury. He needs to get minutes, minutes in his legs. What's your kind of, what's your thought on thoughts on these two players kind of going forward? What, what do you see for them? Well, I, I think, uh, oh, you're right. Nico was was pretty decent. Um, I don't know if. I don't want to chuck out the pitches and excuse for Todd because I'm sure Todd won't want to give excuses. Um, I think because he's got a techni- technically gifted kind of player, he likes to get the ball in the close control and stuff like that. That, that pitch certainly doesn't help his, his kind of style of play. Um, but yeah, this isn't anything new. We've kind of been saying this about Todd the last couple of games that he's uh, he's not quite hitting the same kind of heights in terms of his performances since you know when you look back to the. Since he came in um, last season, the second half of last season with uh, under Beal, he, he certainly looked like a, a game changer. Um, he'd be involved in a lot of the goal scoring, even if it's not a a goal, it's a pre-assist or if it's the assist itself. He was certainly in and amongst our kind of attacks and our, our good work going forward. Um, this year, he seems to kind of be... I don't want to say drifting in and out of games, but it's essentially what he is doing. Um He's not on the knife edge of the game. Uh, I think he, I think he wants to be on. He wants to be doing that, and I think he's maybe trying a little bit too hard. Um, you know, he, he's overthinking things. Um, he's not doing the basics. Like yeah, we've seen it how many times does Todd get the ball? You pull a nice week in a shimmy or a shoulder drop to get by one, then you'll get three surrounding him, and instead of laying off to somebody else, he, he holds on for too long. He gets dispossessed, and then. Luckily enough, last night didn't really face any kind of real issues on the counter-attack, but you go back to Limassol, the goal we can see the Ibrox to Limassol, it was essentially that kind of play, um, dispossessed to break the score, and it's, it's on the back of a mistake from Cantwell. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to kind of draw a line, I'll draw a circle around him and say he's the problem. Um, I think uh, I think this will still start to come together. I think we're still... Uh, we're still trying to find our feet because uh, up until the last kind of couple of games, and Rask come back, the kind of players behind Cantwell certainly haven't been steady pairings. That you think it's going to had 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 to be Lundstrom and it had to be Sterling. Um, Sterling, don't get me wrong, has been brilliant at centre mid when he's played there, but he isn't an actual centre mid. So I don't know if even that's playing on Cantwell's mind that I might have to drop and help out the two behind me, um, and he's overthinking things. Um, but. I'm sure. I'm sure Clement's a good enough manager. He's a good enough man manager. I think he'll get to the bottom of it. Um, Andy, Andy, just your opinion on Callum. Do you think it's because he's played too many positions this year? He's played out in the left, left wing, right wing, centre. He played as a number ten. Well, I don't know. It's because he he kind of he had played every now and again on the wing for Norwich. Um, I, I, I think he is better in behind the striker, but I feel like we've had a couple of players who 
who fit that criteria of being working in close with the striker. Um, Hadji, I think, would have been better working in close to the striker instead of out in the wing. We chucked him, same with Arebo when we had him. Same with Lammers, I think. he had this is The closer Dessers and Lammers were together, I thought that was when they were only really good. Um, the, the further they were apart, the worse they both were together. Um, I think that's the same with Cantwell. I think he just needs to kind of iron it down that that's where he's going to be. I think if we can iron out the two centre-mids behind him, um, then I, I think that will help him as well. Scott, um, what I noticed about Cantwell when we first signed him is that the first six months he was here, he was getting back, he was snapping into tackles, he was winning the ball, he was creating things, like Sean and Andy have just said, he seems a bit of a shadowy player, would you think that's down to? I'm not sure. I saw some, he, gave, he was. He seemed to be one of the very few that was a big Michael Beal backer, and I don't know if that might have a small thing to do with it, because you said in that podcast he was on, he talked he spoke very highly of Beal and he loved working under Beal. So I don't know if the fact that Beal's left and Clement came in. Obviously, Clement's a very different style of manager to Beal in terms of he's a, he's a more presence. He seems a bit more tactically versatile as well. I don't know if that might have something to do with it or it's just the fact that he's just off form. It might just be as simple as that because it happens to no one's, no one's going to be, con- especially Todd Campbell style of player. Like someone like Ryan Kent was never the most consistent player in the world. Todd Campbell might he might just be off form. It might just be as simple as that, rather than reading too much into it and various like changing positions and that kind of thing. He might just be having a bad few games, but we know the boys get quality. We saw that last season, and hopefully we are centre forward in front of him that can put the ball in the net. We'll see his assist numbers rack up. Shona. Um we, we kind of touched upon the mentality. John Lundstrom said in his, his, uh, his interview after a match that he thought the mentality was spot on. Since Clements come in, we've seen a massive, massive change in mentality. We've went, we've won the League Cup, we got a good result away to Betis. We're back in a title race. <clears throat> um, is yesterday just one of the examples of the mentality changing? Yeah, I think so. I think that's why he went with a full-strength team yesterday. I think a lot of people were surprised that maybe never had a a few B-team players, <coughs> excuse me, in there. But Clement doesn't mess about, guys. This guy is here to win trophies and he'll put out his full strength, full strength squad if he has to. So, no, I thought that was quite refreshing to see that he actually did go with the full first team. I think a lot of that is probably down to the fact that we're just back from a, a winter break. So, but no, I think um, going forward, I think uh, what Clement just now needs to do is just try and keep, keep on winning. And for me, I think the biggest game that we've got coming up in the next couple of months is that next old firm game? I think that's going to be make or break for us winning this 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 league title. I think if we can go there and if we can win that 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 um, home tie against them, I think that really does set down a marker because I do believe that they will drop points in between them, and it's just a matter of time now when they have an absolute meltdown. So we can just continue that meltdown when it comes to the next old firm game. But obviously that's a long time 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 to go. So no, I think um, overall. I think uh, Clement um, is, is done what he, what he has to do. I think he's now implementing his style. He just needs to get a few of his own players in. I think he's worked wonders with the players that he's got. I think he can't believe the amount of injuries that we're getting. I mean, Sema didn't even play one minute at the AFCON uh, Cup of Nations and uh, he's came back with a, which seems to be quite a, a bad injury. But obviously, we won't find out the, the actual terms and, and what's happened to Sema, but it doesn't really look 
particularly good, does it, from, from their point of view? So, um, no, I think uh, Clermont is getting a wee bit frustrated with these injuries, but it's good to see that him and Niles Coppin, Niles Coppin's only been in the door two weeks, and I know what Rangers fans are like, we're very impatient. They probably were expecting a striker to be signing uh, today, and obviously it's a midfielder, so maybe a few of them out there are, are a wee bit disappointed, but look, he's only just in the door. I just believe that what this manager is doing, I think I've me and Scotty have had the debate with the, the whole Clermont and the whole Muscat situation way back then. <laughs> I do believe... I know you was going to... You know I have to bring it up, Scott. But, you know, um, I just honestly believe that, honestly, that this guy really does tick a lot of boxes. I think the mentality has totally changed within within the within the stadium, within the fans, within the dressing room. And I think uh, you can see that on the pitch. And I think the fans are relating to that. I think the fans are really, really related to the manager. I think we didn't really find out on the field. I think what we do need is a guy on the touchline that does give that bit of character. I think that's one thing that Clemon does do is gives you that character when he's on the side of the pitch. But he's very much um, a hands-on guy when it comes to the press conferences. He doesn't mess about. Um, he tells you it like, like it is. It's very much black and white. Um, and he doesn't like to give too much away, which I quite like as well. So, no, I think uh, we're definitely going in the right direction. I think the next couple of games, obviously the Hits game mid midweek, we need to be winning that game as well to get three points. Doesn't matter how we get it, three points and up the road. So, no, I think uh, we're definitely going in the right direction, and we'll need to wait and see what happens over the next couple of weeks with these transfers. But won't be surprised, guys, if there is a, a few surprises in there with these transfers because they're getting pulled out from pretty much nowhere. I think um, the one today came from is it John Walker did a wee bit of a, a bit on this boy a way back in the start of December. So he did obviously a, a wee bit of um, background information on him. So. And I'll fair play to John Walker on, on that kind of sense. I think I've got a few stats which we'll go into later on about this Diamondi that we're hopefully going to be signing. So, um, no, look, guys, it was, this is the kind of market we need to be working in, picking up these players and uh, at a young age. So, um, no, I'm really looking forward to the second half of the season. It's just a case of now, guys. I think these next few weeks are going to be very, very important. Sima is a massive loss to us. Andrew, hey, Curry's brought up a good point and... Uh in the uh, comment section there about not having kind of a lack of players moving out the door. Um, kind of brings me on to this player trading model. <laughs> How come on come out and they said something along the lines that it's not good enough, we're not selling any players, etc. etc. Who who could be the start of that in terms of outgoings? And when do you think it could start? It's a really difficult one because I, uh, it's uh, we compare this season's kind of whole squad to previous seasons. Um, we've kind of got, well, not kind of, we get minim minimal kind of sellable assets compared to the other years. Um, granted, with your Kent's and Morelos, you need to still sell them. <laughs> it's alright saying they are sellable assets, but if you don't sell them, then that's as good as nothing. I mean, we. Kent and Morelos were what seven, seven million for Kent that we well, that we we spent and got nothing. Morelos had what fifteen mil linked with him and we we left him for nothing. Um, I've seen like Cifuentes' name getting chucked in the comments there, being loaned out. Um, he was supposed to take us to the next level. Was Bills uh, like he said? And I'd, I'd, I don't know if that's if, if he certainly doesn't look like that at the moment. Give him time. I, I understand that. Um, Danilo maybe uh, until he, he got injured he certainly looked lively and was putting the ball in the net um, 
Catmull and Raskin, if, if, if going into the start of the season, I would have said they're probably sellable assets, but Raskin's had injuries and Catmull has gone off form. Um, probably McCausland, actually. He's probably, if, I don't. I know we don't want to get rid of him just because he's here, but the teams that were linked to him, if he has a, a really blustering second half of the season um, and, and teams look at him and they think he, he could be a player for the future then, and they offer, the money's right, then we can't really say no to it. Um, but I, I suppose it is all the money being right, that is the main thing. And I think as we've found, you can't sell players that teams are interested in. Uh, that's the main thing. No cliche, it's harder to sell players than it is to buy them in. Um, I, I, I'm, the only thing I'm conscious of is the fact that we've got a lot of contracts at the end of the, end of the season. You know, McLaughlin, your roofs, you know, Lundstrom's if we're not going to renew. Um, I think that's a whole different discussion on whether or not that should be renewed. Um, so I, I think you're talking our, our main outgoings and this kind of for foreseeable until the, the we get a new kind of batch of tradable assets in is just contracts expiring. Aye, aye, definitely. Just want to put a wee shout out to Charles again for donating. That's that's too much, and it's greatly appreciated, Charles. Um, Scott, see on a player trading model, obviously, kind of brings me on to Red Van Yelmaz a bit. Yelmaz, to me, his since the winter um, break, he's come in and he's um, first of all come on squashed any rumours that he's asked for a move. Um, he's came in and kind of made that left back berth his own. But in terms of player trading model, we need to sell players. Do you see the value in selling Yilmaz now, or would you keep him and hope his value goes up? Because I don't, I can't see it going down any further. I think you have to, <clears throat> as Clement said, you only sell him if you can get a replacement. Because I don't trust Borna Barisic to play left back for us for the rest of the season. I think Barisic's time at Rangers was up two years ago, personally. 100%. I think maybe when the league, I, he was one sellable asset I think we should have got rid of at the time. And the fact he's still here is mental to me. But he's out of contract, so hopefully he doesn't get renewed and he's out the door in the summer. But yeah, at the moment, I think you have to keep Yelmaz because I don't know if ever... Hopefully we can get a left-back in that's good enough, but I'm not 100% sure in that. But yeah, at the moment, I'd keep... I'd keep Yelmaz, and someone mentioned the one player I'd get rid of, and that's Ben Davies. I don't think Ben Davies is good enough to play centre half for us at the moment. If you if we go us if you sell him now and don't get a replacement, I don't have an issue with that. If we go to the second half of the season with Goldson, Suter, Balligan, King as our four centre halves, I think that's fine. It's been, it gives Balligan an opportunity to go to the European squad as well, considering he's much better than Ben Davies at the moment. So yeah, I think I'd get rid see see if we can get any money for a championship team for him down south and then maybe use that to get if we can get two million for Ben Davies, if that, and then that money can go to a Lon Shankland or a winger or someone to boost us in the top end of the park. Aye, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um Shona, I seen Dumbarton tweeted it um something today and they clipped Borna getting Skinned five times basically. Um, left back position obviously, we just touched on Yilmaz there. Do you keep him and go with Borna and maybe Sterling in at left back for a bit of depth so that we can get some money in? Maybe to bring in somebody up top. Like, how would you juggle it? 
I think every player has their fee, don't they? And if it, it depends on obviously the money that comes in for any type of player, I think at Rangers at the moment. So we need to be using this player trading model, whether that's coming in. And I know everybody won't like this, but whether that's somebody coming in for a 15, 20 million pound bid for a Jack Butland, we can't refuse that kind of money. Same with like the likes of five million pound, if we were to get that for Red Van Yilmaz. Now, I know the managers come out and says that Red Van doesn't want to leave. I've heard the total opposite. I heard he's not sold here and, and it's pretty evident that he does want to leave. Whether that's from a good source or not, um, we'll, we'll, we'll soon find out. Um, but obviously, there's talks of that. Is it Gigi Small, the one that was that yeah. was linked with a couple of about a week or so ago? Obviously, we can sign him in a pre-contract. I think that would be ideal. You've obviously got the likes of Owen Beck. Owen Beck's now been totally ruled out after playing for Liverpool today. So <clears throat> we can't see that happening. Josh Doig has moved on. So the players obviously we've been linked with. I think the other guy that we were linked with, um, oh God, I can't even remember now off the top of my head. He's went and signed a new. Yeah, he's went. No, he well, he's went on loan, but there was another one that yeah, we were linked with, the guy in America. Oh, it's it's Kai Wagner. Kai Wagner. That's the one. Sorry, yeah, that's the one. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, I should have had that written down. But no, likes of these guys. Obviously, we've been linked with uh, quite a lot of left backs. I definitely think there must be something in there with the Red Van Yilmaz thing. You don't get these bids coming in all these links. Pretty decent links as well. That um obviously um about Red Van and if you're not unhappy at the football club, so I do think that Red Van probably does want to leave. I do think it will probably get to the end of the transfer window whether that happens or not. It's still in the it's still got another three year under three years into it still left with us in the under contract. So look, I, I still think that if you could get the money for Yalmaz, I'd be taking it. I know that people are saying there he has come on to a game. And he has. He has been really really good the last few games. I just don't think he's the type of player that come on once. I know everybody's been on about the whole. The, his height, I do think that um, Red Van is a very, very good guy, a very good player when he's going, sorry, good guy, very good player when he's going forward, but I do think defensively, I think it will be an issue, and especially now that Seema is going to be out injured, we rely on guys, um, obviously, from um, set pieces, especially when it's um, defensively, so, no, um, I think it's something that we probably need to look at, I think if we were to get a, a guy small um, on a pre-contract, I think that would be decent. Um, decent transfer funds, like um, Scott said, to go on somebody else. But I think a lot of these things will time, time will tell because what we do need, guys, these players that are sitting there that we need to get rid of, nobody's bidding for them because they're on too high wages. This is the problem. Even the likes of Scott Wright, I would imagine maybe the likes of Hearts or a team like Aberdeen that might want to have picked Scott Wright back up again. I don't think they have the transfer funds to get Scott Wright. Um, I think we saw that evidently within the, was in Turkey that he was getting linked with. And they couldn't agree a salary, they couldn't agree wages with them. So um, the problem is, a lot of these guys are on big money, but the likes of John McLaughlin, Scott Wright, I think Scott Wright's a good utility player. He can come off and he can do a job off the bench, not in games like the Old Firm game or like games in Europe, but maybe obviously like the, the league games and the cup games. But no, I think we have to be looking at getting rid of the likes of Scott Wright, John McLaughlin. I would agree, I think, with Scott there and saying that maybe Ben Davis is somebody you'd look at. But I think I've got a feeling that that uh, Leon King might go out and loan, so that might restrict us there to the, the summer transfer window. I don't think it's a priority this window to be looking at a centre-back. So um, but if we can get guys, it just depends on who comes in with a bid because at the moment we need to, um, we need to get shift off uh, a few of these guys off, off, the, off the wage bill. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Andrew, before we kind of come into the Amondi and stuff like that, we, we heard that Hearts have cancelled Alex Lowry's loan deal. Obviously, you... You've been to quite a few B team games and stuff in the past. Um, what what does that say? Win for Alex Alex Lowry and what? How how can we? Philip Commons in the past he's um, spoken about bridging the gap between the B team and the um, the B team and the first team because there's no, there's no such thing as a reserve league anymore. But it's, how how do we facilitate Lowry's development now and? to get them in that team, because there is some level of ability there. Yeah, there, there is ability there. Um, they wouldn't, Hearts wouldn't have had a look at him if there wasn't uh, in the first place. Um, seems to be a lot of talk about his kind of mentality. Um, it's kind of one that we've seen before he left and loan, and it seems to have kind of grown arms and legs that he, he's not a he doesn't work hard or he, he he doesn't take things seriously. He doesn't take training seriously or, and things like that, getting chucked about. Um, given the fact it was, it was a loan till the end of the season and they've cut it short, they've cut it short. Not not like other clubs you see, like, um, well, Beck got recalled by Liverpool, for example. Um, we we didn't recall him, he got cut. They, they didn't want him anymore. Um that that's never a good sign when things like that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think his kind of task from now until the end of the season is probably going to be to sit down with the manager and iron out what he actually wants um, from his career, um, from his time at the club, at the Rangers. Um, what what does he think is realistic for him? And I think Lamont's going to have to say whether that is all in his head or if that's something that can be worked on. Um, but I think that's that's going to be a conversation that they'll both have to have a, a real honest talk about. Um, I, I think there is a player in there. Obviously, we've seen it. He's um, he's he's talented. He's 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 really he's a really trickery trickery. Tri- I'm just going to say tricky, uh, tricky winger, uh, kind of winger cam. He kind of play, he's played in in, in the middle out wide, um, but. It just doesn't seem to be working for him. I, I, I know there was a he had a thing about a personal um, incident during the kind of um, season break going into this year, um, which I don't know. It could be playing playing on his his mind, and that the fact's the case, then that that can take a couple of years to get players um, get the heads around that, um, and that's just something that you will have to deal with uh, or, and try and seek help with. I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate, but. It's a possibility. Um, we've seen players have these kind of these just these things that just pop up, and it's just really unlucky. Um, but I know it's it's a it's a 
it's a really weird situation for for outsiders looking in that this has got all this boy with all this talent and uh, just doesn't seem to be working for him. Um, so it's uh, just need to wait and see. Uh, uh, interesting to see if uh, if we do go and loan him out again. There was some talking, even Craigan on uh, Viaplay was saying that there was talk he was going as well out on loan again. So interesting to see if that's going to be another team in the Premiership, a Championship team. Even like I mean, Adam Lyle get chucked out to the Adrianians on loan. Um, try to get a, a, get him into a team that will play him for ninety minutes and make him a starter. Um, so it's interesting. I'm I'm, I'm wondering. To, I'm keep, I'm keeping an eye on what's happening with him heading into the kind of deadline. Um, Scott, I'll kind of I'll pose like second part of that question to you. It's like see in terms of bridging the gap between the B team and the first team. Obviously, we've got players like Leon King, Alec Lowry's now back, Adam Devine, um, Bailey Rice. But, but how, how can Philippe come on and Zeb Jacobs do it, basically? How how can they get them in the team and make it a better development programme for them? I think you need to start with fixing the entire academy system. I think our academy system has been shocking for years. If you look at it, you look at Nathan Patterson's the only one. I think someone the other the other man was last week put a list up the team who won the under seventeens cup. Only two of them have made it into the first team. They were Patterson and King, and that needs sorted. I think you look at better coaching. I think maybe less wages is also a thing that could be looked at. Don't know who'd accept it, but I think it could be looked at. I I don't rate David McCallum as a coach. I didn't. I didn't rate his when he had a couple of games in the first team. I didn't rate him. I've watched the B team games. Some of them aren't great. I think. I think you've got a perfectly good Kevin Thompson sitting there, who's apparently a very good coach. I'd look at getting Kevin Thompson in, in amongst the B team before instead of David McCallum. First of all, I think in terms of bridging the gap, I don't. I, no, it's not possible. I think it's. Not as easy as it was because there's a lot of money to be won, and managers can't risk. Like you saw yesterday, we couldn't risk a Baylor Rice and Adam Devine because he's under so much pressure to win trophies, basically. And even against the Barnley, as I don't, I'm not sure about these guys. In in terms of starting first team games, McCausland got a game because Davis gave him a game and there was no one else. Lovelace got a game. Aye, Lovelace got a game but then got injured. Done his hand. I don't know what's up. Don't know what's up with him. Don't know how long he's out for. But yeah, I just think the gap. I just think there's a lot of things underneath the first team that needs looked at before we look at getting players into the first team. A hundred percent for me. Scottish football as a whole is missing a reserve league. It was a league you could bring. You could bring all your like your young boys were playing against people like first team players coming back for injury. I think the quality was the quality in the reserve league was a bit better than with any B team game in any Lowland league. Or you can dress it up with the amount of glamorous friendlies all you want. Like these boys only getting a good program. Um, Sean, I wish your take on it. Well, you've just stolen my thunder, so thanks very much. That's that's point <laughs> taken. No, um, I totally agree. I've been saying this for a long, long time. Um, obviously about the SFA and and TV deals and sponsorship deals. We need to get better at grassroots football. Uh, we need to do. We are bringing through 
pretty decent talent throughout Scotland. Scotland's obviously now qualifying for European competitions. So it's something we de definitely need to get better at because otherwise these guys just go down south, don't they? And they go to the bigger teams because they can offer them the, the higher wages. But I do agree, I agree with them, the both of you, that basically we need to get back to having a, a B-team league or something along those lines. But obviously that means money. And unfortunately, because of the SFA in our country, we don't have the money and the, the smaller clubs don't have the money to generate enough for a, for a B-team. And I think it's really, really poor. I don't think this is going to change. I really don't. I think we're just going to have to go with the whole point we were in that Lowland League. It wasn't competitive enough. We were having to pay money for a B team to go into a league. That is just absolutely ridiculous, to be honest with you. So, you know, if I was the SFA, I'd be setting up a, a B team league. It allows these players to get regular games, regular fitness, and then obviously I would, I would also suggest that the SFA do something completely out of the box and maybe arrange like a B team club or something like that with maybe teams within England or Wales trying to get that competitiveness up or, or um, increase their, uh, their should I say, help help them develop, increase their, help them develop. So, no, I think um, it's something that we definitely need to look at. But I've been saying this for a long, long time, guys. We're looking at, I know everybody's talking about the likes of Shanklin. We've got a few good guys that are coming through. There should be a lot more coming through our league, Scottish, that are great players. You look at what we had back in the 90s and the 80s, the players that we had back then. We're just not producing that kind of type of player now. And unfortunately, guys, these guys are still not good enough from the guys that we had back in the 90s and 80s. I know people talk about Lewis Ferguson. Uh, you've got the likes of Josh Doy. You've got Aaron Hickey. Uh, you've got Nathan Patterson. Some of these guys are nowhere near as good as the guys that we were bringing through in the 80s, the 90s and 2000s. So, no, it's definitely something we need to be looking at. But unfortunately, this is just not going to change because there's no money in Scottish football. And the fact is your own club is having to do it. I do slightly disagree with Scott about how he's saying that about the youth system is not that great. We've actually got one of the best youth setups set in the whole of Europe. Now, we've obviously came through a really, really tough time, so I do think it will get better. I think um, Scott's right that we need to be looking at developing these players into the first team. I do think the likes of Bailey Rice and a few others are a wee bit off it. I think Adam Devine, no offence, guys, but I don't think he's going to make it Rangers. If I was uh, Rangers, I'd be getting rid of him. Leon King for me, I'm not too sure. He's been playing it right back the last couple of times he's came on. Don't think the manager sees him as a centre-back. I certainly don't see him as a centre-back. So um, he'll either have to go out and loan and get that more experience or or we're going to have to look at trying to, to sell these players on. Likes of Lovelace, I think he's true back round about the end of January, start of February, but I don't think he'll probably be fully the end of February, start of March. So, no, I think um, McCausland's the only one that's really pushed himself through. And obviously, I was at a B-team with Andy not that long, not that long ago. Um, and the first one I went to was Austin Cosland, actually. And Austin Cosland was levels above the rest of the B team. And that can only be because of, the, because of his experience and playing with the, playing with the guys in the first team. So, no, I think we'd, we definitely need to be doing something better at developing these players. So the good thing is, under Clement so far, he has given at least the guys a chance, an opportunity. I just don't think the B team guys have taken their opportunity when they've got it. And that's the biggest problem. If you want to take your opportunity, as soon as you get a game under Clement, you have to take it or otherwise you're not going to be in that team. And I think that's maybe something that the B team guys are going to have to work on, whether that's getting rid of Dane McCallum or like Scott, Scott said, they're improving the, the coaching side of things. But uh, no, obviously our grassroots is definitely something that we need to be looking at. But I think Scottish football as a whole needs to look at that as well. Because you look at the guys down south, you see the, the under 21s, the B teams playing week in, week out, very competitive football. And we just don't have that. We're setting up friendlies. Um, and up here, and it, that's just that's that's obviously not consistent as well. 
So it's not really you're not really getting a true reflection of what the guys are able to keep are capable of in the B team. So no, I agree with you all guys. I think it's definitely something that we need to be um, improving on. But how we do that, I do not know because I just don't think there's enough money in it. Um, right on to the on to the bit we all want to speak about. Obviously, there's been sources in Denmark today and um, they've come out and says that we've got a deal done for Diamonde. Um, I interviewed Kai Watson from a Rangers journal on that. I interviewed you about Mark Peter and the Mora. He gave us a good bit of an insight onto, into the player. Um, and there's different things in the interview as well. Andrew, obviously, this season's going into the Scandinavian market. To me, it brings it still brings an element of risk. I know we're trying to we're trying a different transfer strategy. Something had to change within a club because the club's not been run right for years. Um, are you all for this? Getting, getting into countries like Denmark and different leagues for different players. Of course, um, it's been it's been too long that we've been looking at English Championship, and uh, it's we know that how inflated the English market is. Um, I think uh, I think we need to remember where we kind of are in the food chain. I know I, I hate to say that we're not as good as we th- we think we are, but if we if we can sign these talented players from Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Finland's, you know, um, get a season season and a half out of them and sell them on, then that's exactly what's going to, need to be. Um, and and they just need to keep just need to keep doing that. I mean, he certainly looks like a player that would be. But he seems that I, I thought people were saying a shock move to Rangers, um, which is either is a, is a really good thing or it can be a really bad thing. Um, that why why is he coming to us? Is there something wrong with the player, or uh, are we just getting, <laughs> is he injury prone? Yep. Does he? Uh, does he have uh, just something about him that won't work that it's un- that we'll uncover? Because of course we would. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose if if it's if it is the other way and it's it's a he could be playing for somebody so much better. He could be a Premier League player. He could play in Spain. He could play in Germany um, already. But he's looking at Rangers to get him there. Then superb. The price is right. Get him in. Um, and we just uh, just get to find more players. Like that. I mean. So I was looking at um, reminiscing at the kind of fifty-five season, and one of the kind of better things about that season was uh, laughing at the other side of the city's uh, time in Europe that season, uh, and some of the kind of qualifiers and teams they played, including everybody's favourite Wi-Fi password, Bodo Glint. Um, but there were some really good players in that team, that Bodo Glint team. I think a lot of people were quick to just write them off, but they're a well oiled a well oiled team. Even like Sparta Prague, they get thumped four one and four one. Um and against Sparta Prague, even some of those players and in, in, in Sparta Prague's team have been gonna like that Hank Hansko, I think was a centre back that night. I think he got linked with a big money move this summer as well. Um I think he went to Firenord and he's moved on from Firenord to somebody else uh, recently. Um but they, they, these are the markets you need to tap into. What is the point of scouting if you're just going to scout down the road? I could take a drive down to one of the. I could. You want me to scout some month? I'll take a. I'll take a five minute drive into Paisley and, I, and I'll. I'll sit at someone park and watch somebody. Or you can actually make scouts earn their money, get them on a flight to God knows where, and uncover talent. 
Uh, that's 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 the whole point. That's the only thing we, we if we can beat teams to the punch instead of being the second team to sign a player and be the first team to sign a player and sell them on to the second team and do them out of six mil if they want to buy them off of us in Jan, then great. That's exactly what we need to do to to bridge the gap to being like from being good in Europa League and and falling late into the the semis and or go further, who knows? Um, to winning qualifiers in the Champions League and getting into group stages again, um, having because that's just the domino effect. You sort out the recruitment, you bring in these talented players, and that's just and we're and we're going to be rolling. So the sooner we start that, the better. And I think we've got the right men in place now to do it. Um, Scott, dear Monday, right? First thing I done today was jam on the top of my John looked up his stats. Uh, He's got a four for tackling on it, but the rest is all pretty 13s, 14s, 15s. Um, going to be all right, boy, looks a really good player. Watched a bit of his YouTube stuff, seems quite tidy. His tackling's better than a four right enough. Um, what's your take on the signing? I like it. As Andy said, I think he's very highly rated across Europe. Denmark seemed to be surprised he's coming to us rather than the top five league, which <coughs> is always a good thing. And yeah, I'm quite excited. I've seen some folk today questioning why we're signing a midfielder instead of a winger or a centre forward. And as I, I would agree, we do need those. We do need power up front. I think folk forget before Christmas, our our wing, our midfield was a right back, and Bill, who's a winger or a ten. So I definitely think we do need numbers in the middle of the park. Get Ryan Jack hopefully leaving when he's out of contract in the summer. In if this is the only chance to get this boy before someone else snaps him, then more than I'm more than happy to get him the now. So yeah, I'm quite looking forward to it. Hopefully, he's the first of a few before January thirty first. But no, at the moment, I'm quite happy with it. Hopefully, we get in for the next few days. Probably won't be available for Hibs, but hopefully after that, we'll see him in a Rangers jersey. All right, Sean, I know you. You've done your studying on this boy. What do you know? Uh, so, a lot of uh, Celtic fans are raging, which is obviously a good start. Um, <laughs> love that. Raging tons, reveal yourselves. No, I've had a few messages actually off Celtic fans as well, saying that this boy is an absolute player. Now, we had the likes of West Ham, RB Leipzig, and I think Union, Union Berlin were other three teams that were interested in him, so we managed to beat them to his signature. I've heard that he's um, probably one of the highest rated guys in Denmark at this moment in time. Um, and I don't know if any of you guys know about the Right to Dream Academy. He's obviously a part of that as well. He's been tracked by big clubs in Europe. And uh, I know you've already mentioned it, Scotty, but on Football Manager, I think a few years back, he was one of the wonder kids, one of the top wonder kids. He still kids. is. Um, he still is. He still is. Because he's only 22, isn't he? He's, he's only like Aye. 22. So I think this is the absolute ideal uh, signing for us. If we want to obviously work in this player trading model, I think he's exactly the type of player that we should be picking up. If you want to know what kind of type of player he is, I'm quite annoyed that I watched CJ Novo's uh, uh, podcast before I came on because he was exactly who I was dis- wanted to describe as the kind of player. So he, it kind of reminds me of, because he's very good with his ball, uh, close ball control, so he kind of reminds me a bit more like a Glenn Kamara. He can play, obviously, like a six and a number eight. It kind of reminds me of that kind of type of player, a bit between him and Joe Arribo. So that's the kind of type of player that you're going to get, guy that's very, very good with is an all-round midfielder, likes the ball close to his feet. Oh, that bloody storm out there is mental. 
Anyway, um, no, he's very good in tight spaces and effective, but when dribbling, I think I took down a couple of uh, stats here. So he's had 13 appearances this year, four appearances in the Europa League conference. He's obviously got that European experience as well, which is somebody, something that we need. Uh, three assists, he's not had any goals this season. Um, I've heard as well that he's left-footed, but he's three assists this, this year have all come from his right foot. So it shows that he can obviously play with his left and his right, which is obviously very interesting for us, kind of like your Aribo. Rebo could kind of play with his left and his right. I think, obviously, Glenn Kamara is very good with his with both feet as well. So, I think what you're going to have is a guy that's a very much an all-round kind of uh, midfielder. He's very good on the press. I see that his passing accuracy is 88%. His dribble success is over 44%. He's 72% for tackles one and 49% for duels one. So, he's an all-round type of midfielder. And I think it's the type of guy that we need. What are you guys laughing at? And you laughing at my stats? I'll stick the comment back up there. <laughs> <laughs> right. How many times have we seen this? Because I go and as somebody was I really quite Don't worry, I it, think I know who this is. I'll be private, mate. I actually will be sending him a, a wee message later on if it is who I think it is. He can reveal himself on this if it is. Um, we've seen no, this before. <laughs> we've seen this before. Somebody said that. Sifuentes looked like an absolute world-class player in the MLS. And uh, he looks somewhere between Berwick Rangers and Carlisle United class when he signed with us. <laughs> and he's getting a knees like a cheese string. Um, so the sooner... <laughs> I just want quality in. It's not. I was about. I was about to finish it by saying, "Is that too much to ask?" But evidently, it seems like it is. Um, but I, I, I've, I've, I've stopped. I've stopped watching these YouTube compilations. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't, I don't no, trust I think, you I think we all do. Yeah. Ryan Kent has some of the best highlights you'll see. That fifty-five season, he was up there with like. I was about. I was actually about to say like watching Ronaldinho highlights here, but no, like he he pulled off the most ridiculous ball roll to a heel flick past uh, who was it in, in the old firm. Uh, I can't remember. I mean Greg Taylor, and it, it was one of those moments at the time you think, oh my word, I've just witnessed that live. But then for every one of them, you get drop the shoulder, cut inside, right foot, rosehead. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's we've seen it all before. It's, it's, we need, as one somebody said to it, scarf over the head. That's the first hurdle you need to navigate. Second of all, not getting chopped by some Ross County centre half in his debut. And third of all, how soon can he score a goal? Because as soon as the monkey gets off the back, then then it's then the ball's rolling again. But man, this this, this is just silly season. That's the good way for silly season for the the our signings. Yes, Curry. I, 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 Curry has just put in. Rabi scored against Copenhagen, and I went. I was buzzing in the press gantry. There's a player there. Give it time. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right, so I'm showing you big play, You're always going to jump onto YouTube when you get these signings, and everybody's going to be world class, aren't they? But I think obviously we just got to give this guy this guy time that's coming in. I think. Um, it has been a bit of a coup. I think um, a lot of people thought, who the hell is this guy? But I think when you look into his background, his details and the, the, the teams that we're after, I know we'll talk about Stefuente is getting linked with uh, the likes of Brighton. I know that I'm just going to probably bring that up. But look, um, we just have to give this guy time until, until he, as you, as you said, he'll have the, the scarf over his, over his head. We're just talking about speculation at this moment in time, even though 
we probably know that he's on a flight somewhere over towards us right this minute. I think he was out training somewhere in America. So, no, um, look, I think I, th I do think this is probably the type of player that we need in the midfield, whether that's going to be the player that we need or whether it will work out. That's a totally different thing. But I think it's the kind of type of player that we need. We need somebody with a wee bit better ball control in the middle of the park. I like Lundstrom. He's very good in the tackle, but Lundstrom's not very good on the ball, especially in tight situations. So, um, look, he's a diamond in the rough. And, uh, yeah, so I'm all for guys bringing this guy in because it means then we can bring back the good old uh, Super Trooper song, can't we? So we've got Tavernier, we've got Hadji, we've got Butland and Diamondi. So uh, see what you guys think of that one. So I know I'm just going to... Look at Angie's face. <laughs> oh, it's a picture. So, no, guys, um, I think, uh, like I said, it's the same as Silva as well. We've got a £35 million player. You said at the, at the start of this transfer window, we were bringing in a £35 million player. Sam Lammers was obviously with obviously an amazing assist that he did today. So that's put another couple of million pounds on his, his price tag. And then we get this Diamo, uh, whatever it is, Diamondi, or whatever you like to, how you like to say his name. And if we get another striker and, and a right winger in, I think that's quite a decent transfer window. I don't know what the guys in the comments think, but um, I think that'd be pretty decent for Clement in uh, a very, very tough January transfer window. I don't think, I think if you look across Europe, guys, it's been a very, very tough transfer window. A lot of loan-to-buy deals, a lot of loan deals, not a lot of money getting spent. I don't think Man City, Chelsea, your big, your big <clears throat> uh, teams in Europe have spent any money. Whereas I think last year, Am I not right in saying, guys, last year was the first time that they nearly hit a billion pounds or something like in the January, or it was the highest, biggest spend for transfers in January the time last year. So, um, I'm just kind of... <laughs> so, I'm not making up a song. It's already there. So, uh, Jim Fungle, you just, you just need to adapt to the new song. Get, get moving on it quickly. So, no, um, look, guys, I think, as you said, the player trading model has to work in this guy, hopefully. We might be able to see a wee bit of money for in a few years' time, but until that scarf's above its head, I'll let Andrew take over the rest because I know he's going to come in with a few things. Come on, Andrew. Jose Cifuentes was linked with Brighton. Brighton never said no. Right, aye, exactly. That exactly should have been the point where we went, right, maybe, no, maybe no, not. No. There's still a, there's, Cifuentes still needs time. Still needs time. I believe there's a player in there. I really do. I don't know no, if you've no. seen his Instagram story. Ah, yeah, no, I seen it. I'm quite confused about what's going on. the game of is it a breakup or is it injury? Aye, uh, he's I'm, had I'm the most of the season. <laughs> I know, I know. Right, on the hips. On the hips. Let's wrap this up. Uh, Andrew, we're going to Wednesday night with Nick Connor Goldson. Um, Kind of got me a wee bit worried. We've been conceding for set pieces. I don't think Hibs are a, a great side. I think they're going to leave space for us with a style of play. Um, what's your thoughts? What's your, what's your thoughts on Wednesday? What's your feelings? Are you any are you concerned at all? Well, Hibs are classed as one of those teams similar to an Aberdeen where that is a cup final game for them. Um, at home for the at Easter Road, they will be doing absolutely everything to to. Every, absolutely everything and some uh, to make sure that we don't get a result that we want. Um, they will 100% take a draw. If that's a no no, if it's a 1 1, they will take a draw every day of the week. So we need to go out and hit them early. Um, I'm, try, I'm trying to just think of really kind of who is that 
a threat from Hibs, really. Um, Ellie Ewan's quite a decent player. Um, I think he's chipped in with a couple of goals, a couple of assists this season so far. He's quite pacey, quite skillful. Um, I think Venta and, and Doig are kind of up there for their kind of strike force. Um, mm-hmm. David Marshall in goal, mm-hmm. if, if it's him, um, will be prone to a howler. Um, he would never live down the Hamden goal, um, nor should he. Um, but <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. we, we, as I said, we just, we just need to start quick. Um, uh, in the comments, Aaron, uh, Martin Boyle, was, he, he loves the game against us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be one that they'll be up for it. That, it. And if that isn't the first thing, like Clement or an Alex Ray and the coaching staff is saying to the players, that they'll be 100% up for this. This is their biggest game uh, that they've had in, ever since the last time they played us, <laughs> probably, pretty much, or Hearts. Since they, we'll say since they had the Derby, we'll, we'll give them that. They would have probably been very interested in winning that one as well. But apart from that, um, big, big game for them. And we just need to keep doing what we do um, up until the next Old Farm. Just keep winning, keep chopping games away, three points from the board. And as I said, the start with the Cup game, it doesn't matter how we win it. Um, you don't get an extra three points for making it look good. Three points is three points. Get it over the line and get it back, up, uh, back home. Um, that's exactly what I just want to see. Um, if it's a 4-0 or if it's a 1-0 or a 90th winner, winner uh, then I'll take it. Scott, on to you, mate. Um, who are you thinking for Wednesday? I think, same as Andy, I think Yuan's there. I still think Eli Yuan's their best player, personally. I think he's a better player than Martin Boyle. So I think we keep him quiet. I think we'll be fine. But yeah, I think if we go the same mentality, it's a, it's one of our game in hands, which not all folk have mentioned. We win this, it's down to five points already, and game in hand. Still got one more game in hand on them. So we, I think it's if we shut the crowd up in the first, because the crowd will be up for it, under the lights, Edinburgh, whatever, and shut them up in the first 10 minutes, go 1-0 up, quiet, keep them quiet, and we'll comfortably beat them. Because we beat them 4-0 in Clement's first game and we've been a lot better since that game. So yeah, no Goldson kind of gives me the fear but I think Suter being the next Hearts player going away at Hibs I think he'll be up for it. So yeah, I'm fully expecting us to get three points on Wednesday night. Shona, finish off for yourself. What are you thinking? Three points, it's all that matters to me. I don't care how we do it. Um... As long as we get three points in the bag, I'm, I'll be happy. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Hibs will be up for it. I think it will be a tough game if the storm doesn't calm down as well. I think the conditions might be a wee bit tough. Uh, so no, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, obviously, like Scott said, we'll be closing the gap on Celtic down to five points. And I think that's all that matters now is just trying to get these, these wins. It doesn't matter how we win the game. Obviously, you want to see a style play and you'd like to see a couple of goals. So I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, off, I'm looking forward to the um it Wednesday night, isn't it? It's a kickoff, and it, is it, oh, it must be on Sky as well. I would imagine it'd be on our away game. It'll probably be no, on it's Sky. No, it's not on Sky. Is it not? Nope. Oh, nope. interesting. I wonder if that's one of the, the. Yeah, I wonder if that's one of the papers because it's a. That's right because it's a game in hand, isn't it? it probably will be on, on TV. So no, um, no, I'm like really looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to Desus getting a hat trick. So no, I'm, uh, I'm all for it. All right, we'll just stay. Uh... Finish up with a wee score <laughs> prediction. Uh, firstly, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank Charles for your kind donations. Um, 
and I'm going to go for a 2-0 Rangers. Scott, what about you? Yeah, I'll go... I'm a battle. I'm going to go 4-1 again. 4-1. Shona? 3-1 Rangers, Dacer's hat-trick. Andrew? 2-0. Uh, uh... oh, let me think. I think Silva will get a goal. I think he'll get his goal that he wants. And Tav Penn. Um, continue the Tav Penn. Um, the, I mean, got one against... Uh, I guess the bottom there, so let's, let's get a streak going. Um, just to kind of, just to just to kind of uh, keep us going and keep the keep the, the meltdown continuing. Um, so yeah, I'll take that. All right. Well, thanks to everybody for tuning in, Scott. Thanks again for coming on, mate. Um, it's appreciated. And we'll see you all. We're not sure when are we when are we back. Do we know we Wednesday or Thursday night next week? Uh, Thursday. Yeah. Just quickly before I go, it was really nice to meet a few guys in the in the Loudon on Friday night. You know, definitely keep in touch. And uh, thanks very much for some of the nice comments that I'm getting tonight. So I'll take that. All right. Obviously, um, thank you again for tuning in. And remember, we are the people. <laughs>